Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Welcome to Crossbridge. My name is Pastor Kevin, and I am the lead pastor here. And again, I want to say thank you to our worship team. I want to say thank you to our tech folks and uh, for all of you who have chosen to worship with us this Easter. Um, It's interesting, you know, when I am sitting online and I'm watching, uh, I know we've got some folks in Iowa, we've got folks in Pennsylvania, we've got folks in Florida, um, and we've got folks all over LaSalle County. And so it really doesn't matter where you are, man, we are together and we're worshiping this very Easter. And, And here's what I've been thinking about this week. Easter is really about hope. And I can't think of a better time in which we should be talking about hope. And I'm thankful that I get the opportunity to share with you. Hey, here's a question I have for you that I want you to to, uh, actually just respond. Whatever platform you're on, feel free, like engage with us, right? How many of you have been working in the yard? Go ahead, write it down. Tell us what you're doing, right? How many of you have been working in the yard? I shared a couple weeks ago that um, I got a chainsaw. And I want to tell you, like, I am addicted to that thing. Like, I love it. And I have been working in the backyard, and I've got no cuts whatsoever, right? Everything is good, cutting trees only. And, um, and it, it's been good. In fact, I, when I went in the backyard and I was looking at the creek, there were some dead trees that were hanging over the creek. And so I thought, hey, number one, um, they don't look good. And when I look out the back window, I want to be able to see the creek, not dead trees hanging over the creek. The second thought was this, Um, if those trees go down, they're going to cause issues in the creek, which could cause issues in my backyard. And so I thought they got to come out. So I put on like wading boots, right? Like tall rubber boots, had the chainsaw standing in the middle of the creek, cutting down trees and pulling them out of the creek. So much fun. I had no idea that work could be so much fun. The only bad part about this was I got poison ivy. Yes, unfortunately, if you stay six foot away, we don't have a problem. But I got it on my arms. I've actually got it on my ear and a little bit, I think, in the ear hole of all places. Like, how do you get it there, right? So um, anyway, I'm on some steroids. We're taking care of that. And so if I look more buff than normal, uh, steroids are working. Hey, um, but here's what I want you to hear, right? Um, When I think about like now, when I go in the backyard and I look at the creek, it's opened up. It looks so much more beautiful than it did. And, and the truth is, the, the trees that were like potentially going to fall on the creek are now not there. Um, it went from kind of a messy looking creek side, you know, view to a beautiful creek side view. And uh, here, here's what I want you to think about. Now, hear it from me. You may not believe it, but it's, it's the truth. God is at work among us. Pennsylvania, Iowa, Florida, I don't care where you are. God is at work among us. In fact, you might look in the mirror and um, you may say, hey, Kevin, like if God is looking at me, I look a lot like the messy creek. Like my life is a mess and it just doesn't look good. And uh, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. So I am thankful. If you say he's at work, I'm thankful because I need him to be at work. And here's what I tell you. You may feel like a mess, But here's what I know about God. When he looks at you, he doesn't see a mess. He sees absolutely beautiful. 
You know, and here's, here's what I think he wants to do. And I think I'm going to sum up this message like this before I ever preach it to you. Is I think that God wants to do a work in you, clearing out some brush, clearing away some dead stuff, also known as sin, that has made a mess of things in your life, as well as blocks this smooth flow in regards to this relationship with you and God. And I think he wants to do it today. And here's what I want to challenge you. As you listen to this message, man, would you just open your heart, open your mind, like forget about everything that's happened in during the week and just tune in with me. In fact, what if you were to open, if you were to be open to the idea that God wants to address what is dead and he wants to bring about some new life? Hey, let's pray before we go any farther. We're going to ask the Lord to help us. Father, thank you so much for who you are. I thank you that in this even difficult of times that we're in, that Lord, we can pause and we can still find every reason to celebrate. That God, your resurrection, your crucifixion, your resurrection gives us absolute hope no matter what is going on around us. God, I give you thanks for this story. I pray that you'd breathe new life into us. May you challenge us. May we be obedient to what we hear. And may people take steps forward with you today. In Jesus' name, I pray, help me communicate this message. Amen. Hey, um, God has made a way. He's made a way for a beautiful relationship between him and his people, you and me. John 3.16, many of you know it, but I think it's a great place for us to start. And it says this, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Now, I want to get right to the good news, okay? Um, right to the good news, and it's in Matthew chapter 28, and this is the resurrection story, so, so listen to this. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day, new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. Can you picture it? His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying. And now go quick, quickly, and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You'll see him there. Remember what I've told you. The woman ran quickly from the tomb. They were frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and they will see me there. Man, that's a good story. Probably a story that you should, uh, maybe even when this is done, you'd sit down with a family, you sit down with your family and you just maybe read it again. It's Matthew chapter 28, verses one through 10. Read it again and talk about what it means to you as a family. Or maybe you'd read it and just reflect on it yourself, what it means to you. Now, here's what I noticed. Really good news in the story, okay? Lots of hope, and here we go. First verse, 
caught my attention. Bingo, like, here we go. Here's what it says. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning. You, you hear that? New day dawning. Now, you think about this. This is a turning point in the story. What we've just read, what actually prior to this, chapter 27, here's what you have. Jesus is being crucified. That Jesus is, is dying on a cross. In fact, Matthew 27, it, it says this. The scripture says at noon there was a darkness that fell across the entire land until three o'clock. And then what you have is at three o'clock, Jesus cries out and he says, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And it says he shouted out one more time. And then here's what it says. He released his spirit. Now, here's the picture. In chapter 27, it says this, that the earth shook, that the rocks split apart, and the tombs opened. Jesus' death on the cross was a ground-shaking event that brought darkness across the entire place. Can you imagine how heavy that would have been? And then what you have, right? Imagine the uncertainty when the ground began to shake, the uncertainty when the lights went out, the uncertainty when they thought this is our Savior and he is going to come off of that cross and all of a sudden he takes his last breath. You want to talk about a hopeless situation. And then we get to, to chapter 28 and here's what it says. As the new day was dawning. That tells us something about this story. What it tells us is that that death was not the end of things. What it tells us in this story is that dark moment that light was coming. What that tells us is you, know, you may be extremely disappointed, you may be sad, and you may be discouraged, but lift your head because a new day is coming. Now, Pastor Kevin said something in the, in the Good Friday service, which I thought was so good, and may we be reminded of it here. That when you think about what Jesus did on the cross, that his life was not taken from him, that it was given. It was given out of sacrifice and love for each of us. And, and this wasn't something that caught God by surprise. This wasn't something that caught Jesus by surprise. This was an act of obedience, laying down his life out of love for you and for me. Now listen to the next verses. Um, actually, verses five and six, it says this. The women were terrified and they bowed with their faces to the ground. And then the men asked, I love this question. Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. Listen to that question again. Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? Um, that got me thinking, right? So many times I think I'm looking at, I'm looking at the dead stuff. Versus focusing on what God wants to do that is new. I was out in the landscaping just this last week doing, doing work, right? And I was blowing all the leaves out and I was looking and all this stuff looked dead. And literally, it felt like the next day, it might have been two days, but I went outside and there's these bright yellow flowers that had emerged. And I was like, how did it go from like absolutely ugly, dead, brown to yellow flowers, right? That's what this story is all about. How does something in your life go from absolutely dead, no hope, it could, never, it could never change, it is what it is, that's what we might say. We may say it's been this way for Kevin for years, it will never change, but let me tell you something. When God enters the scene, if this story can be laid on top of our lives, it is proof, there is, there is this faithfulness in this story that can be laid on top of your life that would say, rethink what you're looking at. Because what you're looking at it may be dead in the moment, but there is a new day dawning. 
Beautiful picture. Verse 5 says this, Then the angel spoke to the woman and he said, Don't be afraid. He said, I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. I love that picture too because there would have been fear, right? And his followers, my guess is there was fear of like, what in the world is going on? And what he's saying is, there is a new day dawning, but you don't have to be afraid of it. Don't, don't be fearful. This is going to be good. I had a conversation with a friend this last week, and he was talking about all that's going on in the world, and he was talking about his family and what's happening in the midst of his family. And he said this. It was, it was a very personal conversation, and, um, but he said this. He said, Kevin, I really feel even bad saying this, but like for my family, this has been good. You know, like, and I said, hey, you shouldn't feel bad for saying that. Like, I, I think that's what God does. He takes things, we sang about it, right, that were meant for death, and he, and he brings them to life. He turns them for his good. What would it look like for us who are followers of Jesus to say, we're at a very difficult place in our life, but God, what would it look like for you to take some of this hopelessness and bring hope out of it? What would it look like to take something that looks dead and begin to breathe life into it? See, that's really good news. In fact, sometimes when the world changes, whether it's a global pandemic or your world changes personally, let me, let me tell you, let's just let's put it like this. We don't go back to normal. In fact, we start a new normal. I was reminded of this years ago. My brother passed. Um, he was 38 years old. I was 28 years old. I've told many of you, you know this about me. And, but, but I remember this. I, I, it really, it it rattled my world. It was earth-shaking kind of ugh, bad, bad, bad in my life. And, and I remember going to a counselor, and I sat down, and I was in that room multiple sessions, and I was talking to him, and I remember when I said, hey, like, when is it going to get back to normal? Like, when am I going to feel like myself? And he said, Kevin, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but I want you to think about this. It will never be normal. That felt like terrible news. Like, why? You know, I pay for this. Why would you tell me that? And here's what he was saying. He was saying, there will be a new normal. There will be a new normal. And God will take this mess if you trust him to. And he will bring out of it. Like, don't, don't look for what was old. Don't look for what is dead. Look for what is coming and what is new. Look for new life that could spring forth out of this. And little did I know. Years ago, little did I know that that one event, that that one statement would be so true in my life. I look back and I think it was in that ugly, dark, terrible place that God shaped me and he molded me and he formed me and he took what was dead and he brought it to life. He, he took that event and the truth is I've ministered out of that event for the remainder of my ministry to this day. I empathize differently. I listen differently. I grieve with people differently because God took what was bad and he turned it for good where I could use it, where he could use it for his glory. That's what he does. See, it's in the places of death that God has proven. Let me say that again. It is in the places of death that God has proven that he's able to bring forth new life. What if we could look at things in our life that seem dead and begin to believe that new life is possible? Here's some of the things I'm hearing that I thought were really interesting. I, maybe you might enjoy. There's some people who start, they're starting a new relationship with Jesus. Spiritually, they were dead and they're coming to life. There are folks who are reestablishing a relationship with the church, even if it's online. It's a relationship. There's some of you, you, you haven't been to church in years and, and you're going on like three or four weeks in a row and you're like, man, this is good. And like, I'm proud of you, right? And I'm thankful for you. God is doing something new in you. 
Some of you, you're reestablishing what it means to be family. You're having family dinners and you're doing family projects and you're playing games and you're going on walks. Some of you, you, you are reimagining what it looks like to, be re, like to be married. You're talking, you're laughing, you're spending time together. You're wrestling through tough issues. And some of you, you're slowing down enough to deal with the things that normally you run fast enough to leave behind. There's things you don't like to think about. There's things you haven't want to deal with. And so you just move so fast you don't have to. And this, this thing that's happening is, is allowing God to do some deep kinds of work. Some of you are talking to God again. Some of you are reading the word. Some of you are listening to the word through dwell. A passage that came to mind is Isaiah 43. So powerful. In fact, it might just be the centerpiece of, of this sermon. And here's what it is. But forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. Like, what if we could actually see life that way? That, that we could look behind us and say, God, that was good, but it is nothing in comparison to what you're going to do out in front of me. For I'm about to do something new is what that scripture says. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? He's saying, open your eyes. I will make a pathway through the wilderness and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. See, I'm going to be honest. When social distancing is over and, and, we, and we go back to normal, I hope we don't go back to normal. There are things in my life that I hope don't go back to normal. I hope it's a new normal. And that what has happened in the midst of this difficult place that God has, has brought to awareness that there were these, some of these things that needed adjusted. There's some of these things that needed tweaked in my life. There's some of these things that, that needed to die and there needed to be new life. And so may we not race out of uh, and say, man, just get me normal. But may we race out and say, God, do a new thing, a new normal in my life, and I will be gracious for it. Now here, this is a, this is a great verse that I don't think I've ever thought about before in the midst of this story, but, but listen to it. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead and that he's going ahead of you. You hear that? That he's going ahead of you to Galilee. You'll see him there. Remember what I've told you. It is a beautiful picture that, that says to me, our God goes in front of us. I love when, when, when it says there, hey, go, right? Go quickly because he's already gone ahead of you. He awaits you. It reminded me of a story. I was, was wrestling thinking, how do I connect this to you? And um, not long before the sermon, uh, before the preaching of this, there was a story that came to me. When I was young, probably because I've been thinking about my brother in the first story I shared with you already. But when I was young, I had a three-wheeler and I rode it all the time. That's how I got this scar right here, right? Uh, third grade, flipped it over a hill, um, got stitches. My brother was there for that too. And, but, but I remember like riding that three-wheeler and I loved it and I looked up to him and his three-wheeler was so much bigger than mine, right? It was bigger, it was faster. He could do more things with it. But every once in a while, he would say to me, hey, Kevin, come on, like you, you can go on a ride with me. Every once in a while, what he would do is he would gather the area friends. And when I say we were out in the country, you know, like mile blocks. But these guys would ride their three-wheelers over and they would congregate in the middle of the front yard. And he would say, hey, do you want to go with us? And I was always like, oh, do I want to go with you? Like, I can't wait, right? And I'd jump on my three-wheeler and I would follow them. And I always had like the slowest three-wheeler. So I was always bringing up the rear everywhere they went. We'd go in the woods and we would go up and down hills. We'd go across creeks. It was so fun. But, but I remember this so clearly. In fact, um, it's a great memory, and I'm thankful that, that the Lord brought it up in my mind. It's a wonderful memory of my brother. I, I remember that when we would go, that he was kind of a, he was, he, he was daring, 
you know. He, he had a lot of courage. And, uh, and he would do things, and I would look and think, oh, like, I, I don't know if I want to do that, right? But at the same token, everybody would go, and then I'd be stuck on the other side of the creek, right? So I would watch everyone go, and then he would look at me and be like, come on. And so then I would go across the creek, right? Or, or there would be a hill, and everyone would go up it. And then I would be down at the bottom, and he'd look at me like, come on, right? So I would muster up the courage, and I'd go up the hill. Or we would go over something that was um, what I would call like rocky, rough terrain, you know, something to make the thriller a little off-center. And i watch everyone else do it, and then he'd look at me like, hey, like if you're going to ride the big boys, come on. And so every time, though, here, here's what gave me confidence. What gave me confidence is I watched him go before me. I would have never wanted to lead. In fact, if I'd have been leading, we'd have never crossed the creek, we'd have never went up the hill, and we'd never went over the rocky terrain. But because he led, and because he looked back and said, hey, I've already done it. I'm out in front of you. Hey, little brother, come on. Like, you can do this. You know, here, here's what I want you to see. God has gone before you. Man, has he gone before you. I think about what he's done for us. He made a provision for your sin and dying on the cross for you. And he conquered death. And all we have to do is trust him and walk in the way in which he has created. He's on the other side and he's calling our name. He's saying, hey, I know sometimes you can't see, but the way forward, like I have a plan for your life. I have hope for you. I, I want you to leave what is dead behind and I want you to embrace what is new and what is life out in front of us. The challenge to you would be this. In fact, even um, the challenge would be this, that sometimes I think that we're looking out in front of us and we're saying, I don't know how I'm ever gonna do that. I remember a few times riding with my brother when I would get in tough spots and he would literally say, get off the three-wheeler, right? And he would get on it and he would do it for me. And I would cross by foot and then I would jump up on the three-wheeler and take off like I did it myself. You know, it, it's such a great picture. The same power, the same power that was right there at the resurrection that brought Jesus back to life that says to every single one of us, that not only did he die for our sins, but he conquered death so that we could too. That power is available to us. That God has gone before us and says, hey, whatever you're looking at in front of you, whatever you're fearful of, whatever this new normal could be, whatever it is that you struggle to believe that I could do new, I'm just gonna tell you, let me help you. Let me walk with you. Let me clear the way in front of you. I want to be the way maker in your life. That's who our God is. We're going to sing a song in just a little bit, and I want you to hear the words. Here's what it says. I love this song. It says, even when we don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. He's the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light in the darkness. God, proclamation, that is who you are. That's who our God is. Our God is the one who made a way. He made a way for you. He died for your sins that you could be forgiven. He conquered death that you could live eternally as well. And all out of the fact, not that he was forced into this situation, but he chose it because he loves you so much that he desires a relationship with you. You know, um, 
no matter how fearful you may be of what this means, I pray that you would, you would look across whatever those challenges are and you would say, God, you've gone before me and I'm gonna continue to walk after you. Some of you, you've never had this relationship before and you're kind of nervous about maybe what changes it might mean, but I tell you, trust him. He has something good for you. If you would, just bow your heads right there. Father, for everyone sitting in living rooms, sitting in cars, sitting behind computers, God, I pray that they would know that this spot, you are right there with them. And Lord, you've made a way for them. That you died on the cross willingly to forgive us of our sins. If we would just say, God, I believe in you and I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that God, you sent your son to die on a cross and I need that forgiveness. God, I need, I need you to take this mess and make it beautiful. I need you to clear this way for you and I to have an incredible relationship. God, I want to be able to stand in peace and talk with you. And God, we trust that according to your word, that if we would just pray with our hearts and we would make a confession of faith to you, that you could save us right here on the spot. And God, for others, I don't know what the stories are, but there are probably, we are full of stories that we could say, this is dead, but it needs new life. And God, this story is such a reminder that you've gone before us, that your power is available, and that you've made a way. May we trust in you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, one more thing. I'm so proud of you. I know some of you have prayed that prayer. For some of you, this Easter, it won't be the Easter you remember because of the coronavirus. It'll be the Easter you remember because you started a relationship with Jesus in the Easter of 2020. And I'm proud of you. And here's what I want to tell you. I've got nothing to do but to respond to you. And I mean that. I want to hear from you. Kevin at crossbridge.church. Send me an email. I'll read it. I'll send you something back. I promise you. I want to hear from you. I want to hear your story of how God has made a way for you. Man, let's worship together. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.